0: Good morning! Happy Sunday, everybody! Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! We have seen another Sunday. Today we're going to get right into the Word of God. We're going to do a little praise and worship. We're going to have a song. Then we're going to pray and we're going to go right into the Word of God. We have a very, very impactful message this morning. And I hope that it reaches your heart and your mind and causes you to shift your mindset, shift your heart, draw closer to God. Amen. Amen. Let's get some worship raised up so that we can get our minds ready to receive the word of God. Amen. For the vision is yet for an appointed (laughs) time. <laughs> but at the
1: end, it shall speak. Night that if the Lord said it, you can count on it and he'll do just what he said. Come on, LG, like mass, back up, like, say, like the vision. Make it plain. Make it plain. That they may not. the fish, the fish is, only for a while, is only for a while.
0: It shall speak,
1: it shall speak
0: and not lie. lie. For if the Lord if said, the
1: Lord said <laughs> you, can count on, you can count on and he'll do that's what He said Any witnesses tonight Say it again, right? And make it plain That they may run And not faint Though the fish Hallelujah It was only for a while but at the end it shall speak. Shall speak. And not lie. And not come on, choir. Let them know that if the Lord said it, if <laughs> the Lord said you can count on it tonight. You can count on it. And he'll do just, it he will do just what he said. Oh, yes. Now, will confirm that, Come on, so- say, it is so. No. It, yes, it is. Yes, it
0: is and he'll do just what he said. I know he will do. I
1: believe I got my witness in the Al-Torz so as he called Al-Torz say, it is so.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. It's always good to set the atmosphere with some worship to prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of your Son, Jesus, we thank you, O God. We want to pause, oh God, and say thank you. Thank you for waking us up this morning. Thank you for keeping us closed in our right minds. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, God, for the promise that you have over each of our lives. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Lord, we ask that you open up the hearts and the minds of everyone listening to this message today, oh God. Apply it where needed, oh God. Strengthen. Encourage, oh God. For we want to do your will. We want to walk according to your way. We give you honor. We give you praise as we thank you oh God and as we prepare our minds and our hearts to receive your word amen amen and amen you all know i'm always stressing the importance of studying the word of God the Bible is truly 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 i promise you it is i promise you it is your life manual some consider it antiquated archaic, but it is so relevant to today's times. I don't care how modern we think today's times are. There is nothing that we do, nothing that we say, no action or reaction that has not already been played out in the Bible. I promise you that there's nothing new under the sun. It's new to you But it's very old to God. It's new to you, but it's very old to God, and He's already put a plan in place for whatever you are going through. Pick up the Word. It's like when you buy an appliance and you can't seem to get it to work right, and you're doing everything you can and you're taking things loose, and just read the manual. Read the manual. Stop causing yourself so much frustration. Read the manual. To ignore the simple fact that the Bible is our life manual is equivalent to saying, I'd just rather walk around blind than to see clearly where I'm going. Today we're gonna dive into the book of Obadiah. Yeah, I know some of you be like, what? Obadiah is the shortest book in the Old Testament. It's only 21 verses long. The book is often overlooked and rarely quoted from, but it ties into the story of Jacob and Esau and how God deals with those who hold on to bitterness, that won't let things go, that are determined that I'm not going to forgive that person for what they did to me, for what they said to me. I just can't let it go. Now Obadiah is a prophet of God who was given a vision concerning the condemnation of Edom for the sins against both God and Israel. Let me give you a little background on the Edomites. The Edomites were the descendants of Esau, the first born son of Isaac and the twin brother of Jacob and if we turn back to Genesis 25 we will see that in the womb Esau and Jacob struggled even in the womb poor mom poor mom the things that we go through as mothers but anyway and God told their mother Rebekah that they would become two nations and that the older one Would end up serving the younger. As they grew up and became adults, Esau sold his inheritance, his birthright, to his brother Jacob for a bowl of soup. Can you imagine? And after he did it, he realized that his brother took advantage of him, and he realized that it was a stupid thing to do. So Esau created this hate in his heart towards his brother. Esau teaches us that we must hold fast to what is truly important even if it means denying the appetites of the flesh. He sold his birthright for a bowl of soup. Some of us have sold our birthright for other appetites of the flesh. See, we don't understand when I say, sold your birthright. See, because you were born with a purpose over you. But you can't walk in that purpose because you have sold your birthright. You have decided to sell your birthright to Satan and do the things that appeal to to his kingdom instead of God's kingdom. Oh y'all, y'all want to act a little slow, okay? God gave you a birthright and a promise. You were born with a purpose over your life, but He can't fulfill that purpose in you because your mind is set on greed. Your mind is more set on material things and money. Your mind is set on doing things to satisfy your flesh. You don't uh, understand that when God says that fornicators and adulterers will not enter into his kingdom, that that's stopping you from fulfilling what your birthright is. Now Esau's choice to sell his birthright is used as an example of ungodliness. Just like when we sell our birthright right and walk outside of the will of God. That's ungodliness. There's only two sides to this coin. Either you're going to walk in godliness or ungodliness. A godless person who will put their physical desires over their spiritual blessings, over the birthright of God, is walking in ungodliness. Esau became the father of the Edomites. And Jacob became the father of the Israelites. And the two nations continued to struggle through thousands of years. The quarrel between the brothers affected their descendants. Generation after generation after generation. The religion of the Edomites was similar to that of other pagan societies who worshiped fertility gods. Do you see the pattern here? Esau sold his birthright. And the fact that he sold his birthright, he was drawn into paganistic societies who now worshiped fertility gods, were against God Almighty. Esau's descendant now, they eventually dominated the southern lands and made their living in agriculture and trade. See, they thought they were doing good. They thought they had it going on. Not recognizing that we need to understand this. You can prosper and get stuff outside of the kingdom of God. You can prosper and get stuff while living out of the will of God. See, because Satan got some stuff for you. Satan has stuff for you. So don't ever think because you are being blessed with material things and and money that you are being blessed by God. Because Satan got some stuff for you. Now, Jacob was not clear because see he presented to his brother. His brother came to him and he was making some soup and he said his brother Esau said to him oh i'm so hungry let me have some of that soup and Jacob said sell me a birthright and Esau said hmm i'm hungry right now i'm gonna sell him my birthright so that he'll give me some soup How many times do we make long-term decisions based on short-term situations? Be careful that you're not selling your birthright. Glory. That you're not selling your birthright for a temporary situation. Because I'm sure he could have found something else to eat if Jacob didn't want to give him that soup. But the soup probably smelled so good. It looked so good. And it was right there. It was available. It was easy. But Jacob's deceit did not go unnoticed by God either. One night, an angelic stranger visited Jacob. And he did what we all must do. When the angel came to him, he began to confront his failures and his weaknesses, his sins and his deceit. And he faced God. Scripture tells us that in Genesis 32 that Jacob wrestled with God all night long. You know how we wrestle with God. We're trying to find justification for what we said to that person. Justification for what we did. Justification for how we did it. He wrestled with God all night long. It was an exhausting struggle. And the scripture said it left him crippled, crippled. The significance of Jacob being left crippled is confirmation that we cannot go against God. We cannot step outside of the will of God without facing consequences And his lifelong crippled state was an indication of from that point on, it was a reminder that walking outside of the will of God has consequences. And it was able, his crippling state was able to remind him to always walk in humility, in Genesis 32 it says it was only after he came to grips with God and stopped the struggling you're not going to convince God that your sins is okay he's not going to give you a pass He said after the scripture says after he ceased his struggling realizing that he could not go on without God. He could not go on doing things his way. That he had to bow down to the ways and the will of God. At that point, he received God's blessing and God changed his name. Glory to God. Changed his name to Israel. Now note, Jacob had an encounter with God and he settled some things before him. And once he settled those things before him and humbled himself, God blessed him and gave him a new name, a new start. You want a new name? A new start? Go before God and settle some things. Now although Jacob had wrestled with God and Came to terms with some things and humbled himself and God blessed him. He released his blessings. See, because you keep your blessings tied up when you're walking around here in your pride. When you're walking around here doing your things your way. When you're walking around here and you won't forgive. You're tying up your blessings. But see, Jacob finally got to a point where he said, okay, God, we're going to work this out. And he humbled himself. God released his blessings and gave him a new name. Now on the other side, his brother didn't have an encounter with God and was still bitter toward his brothers and the Israelites, the nation that Jacob was assigned to steward over. And if we turn the pages of the Bible and we go to Deuteronomy 23, God told Jacob's people, the Israelites, because you are close relatives, you are forbidden to hate the Edomites. Now, mind you, the Edomites, Esau's people, Esau hadn't had an encounter with God. He was still very bitter and was still pouring that bitterness and resentment into his people. So they were still trying to come against the Israelites. Wanted to fight them every chance they got. and But God is telling the Israelites, you can't hate them. But God, they're trying to kill us. You can't hate them. But God, they're they taking advantage of our children. You can't hate them. But God, they're calling us out our name. You can't hate them. Scripture tells us that the Edomites regularly attacked Israel. And that many, many wars were fought for generation after generation after generation. King Saul and King David fought against the Edomites. This war went on forever. But God said you can't hate them. But God, you don't understand. They're trying to take us out. You can't hate them. Now Israel had some hard times. And the Edomites. To be prosperous, they had everything they wanted, but they would deal with the Israelites arrogantly and they would gloat over the Israelites' misfortune. Mm. And when the enemy's army attacked Israelites, they had some other people that were also attacking them, and the Israelites asked the Edomites for the help. Hoping, hoping that you would understand that we are still connected. We have some other people that are coming against us. We come from the same bloodline. Help me, help me. Mm-mm. The idiomite said, Mm-mm. we ain't letting this go. We're not going to help you. If they take you out, they take you out. The Idiomites refused help them. As a matter of fact, they decided to fight against them as well. Oh but God. Oh but God. God got sick of the Edomites' sins of pride. And the vision for how he would deal with the Edomites is what the book of Obadiah is about. The key verses in Obadiah the first key verse is verse number four. And it reads, though you soar like an eagle and make your nest among the stars, from there I will bring you down, declares the Lord. Mm. That's his message to the Edomites. See, let me tell you something. Again, you can walk outside of the will of God and be prosperous and look good and look like you're soaring like an eagle, but God will get sick and tired of you going against his word, of you going against his will, of you doing things your way, of you looking down on the righteous. He will get tired. Verses 11 through 13 read, You shouldn't have gloated over your brother when he was down and out. You should not have laughed and joked at Judah's son when they were face down in the mud. You should not have talked so big when everything was so bad. You shouldn't have taken advantage of my people when their lives had fallen apart. You of all people should not have been amused by their troubles, their wrecked nation. You should not have taken the shirt off their back when they were knocked flat and defenseless. See, we look at things and you got some people that got so much that they're easy to look down and condemn those with less, thinking that they are better than because of what they have, because of what they can afford, or because of what the experiences their life has brought. God said, you should have never gloated. You should have never laughed and joked. You should have never talked so big. You should have never been amused taking advantage of my people when their lives had fallen apart. In verse 15 of Obadiah it reads, the day of the Lord is near for all nations. I want you to know that when he says all nations, he's not just talking about groups of people. He's talking about you every person is an individual nation collectively we make bigger nations but in you there is a nation because in you is the ability to affect generation after generation after generation based on what you decide to do Based on whether you decide to obey or disobey God. It will affect generation after generation after generation. In you is a nation. Verse 15 say the day of the Lord is near for all nations. As you have done it will be done to you. Your deeds will return upon your head. Mm. If you have not read the book of Obadiah, read it and go back and study the story of Jacob and Esau in Genesis and see how it ties in together. Yes, Jacob deceived Esau. He he deceived them and yes, Esau... Esau made the wrong decision to sell his birthright. But Jacob, as wrong as he was in his deceit, went before God and wrestled with him and got it right. And God released blessings upon him. Gave him a fresh start and a new name. But Esau couldn't let it go. And God sent condemnation on him. Obadiah, the shortest Old Testament book, assures God's people that God will punish those who abuse them, who hold on to stuff, who put their pride before the word of God, who put their pride before the will of God. See, God is sovereign over all nations, over all people. And although the enemy of God's people may experience glimpse of glory, profits, money, they will ultimately be defeated by God. The book of Obadiah, it ties into the story of how pride and anger and resentment can build and build and build if it's not taken before God, if forgiveness is not exalted, and how it can negatively affect generations, how it can ignite wars that go on for centuries. it causes casualties, lives to be lost. All for what? Pride. Obadiah one and three reads, the pride of your heart has deceived you. See we think that holding on to that resentment not bowing down to humility makes us somehow stronger. Not a wimp. But the Bible says the pride of your heart has deceived you. You who live in the cliffs of the rock in your lofty dwellings. Yeah, you got it going on. On earth. You have been extended grace this far. And you say in your heart, the scripture says, who say in their hearts, who will bring me down to the ground? That's the arrogance that comes when you harbor pride in your heart. That's what you're saying to God. When we walk with pride and bask in the spirit of unforgiveness, it's blasphemy. For what we are exalting is an attitude spoken in the scriptures that says, who will bring me down? As if there is no God. As if there is no God, no consequence for our ungodly behaviors and mindsets. I urge you, if you have been holding on to resentment for something someone has did, to you said to you I promise you it's not worth it it's not worth it be like Jacob holding on to it won't change it it's only Satan's way to keep you out of the grace of God and keep your real blessings tied up it's time for you to act like Jacob and go before God. Work it out. Let God release the blessings that he has for you. Let God give you a new name and a fresh start. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of your son Jesus, we come to your God. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. We come to you, O God, and we say, forgive us. Forgive us, O God. Lord, let us set pride aside. Let us be able to wipe our slate clean. Anyone that we are withholding any resentment towards, any bitterness towards. Lord, let us... Give us the strength to overcome our pride so that we can wipe the slate clean. God, we come before you wanting you to release all that you have for us, oh God, so that we can fully take advantage of the birthright that you created us for, oh God. Thank you, oh God. Lord, many of us have sold our birthright, but we know that you can fix it, oh God, that you can readjust, oh God, that you can wipe slates clean, oh God. Lord, we come before you. We say, give us a new name. Give us a fresh start. We give you glory, oh God. We give you glory. For we know that nothing is worth holding on to if it causes a disconnect between us and you. We let it go, oh God. For you are greater than anything that anybody has ever done or said to us. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We give our hearts and our minds to you today, oh God. Use us for your glory. Amen, amen, and amen. Bible Deliverance would like to thank each and every one of you for tuning in today. We pray that today's message nurtured your spirit and will be a lamp unto your feet. We encourage you to share Word of God on your social media with a friend via text message or email. Thanks to technology, we are able to commit to spreading the gospel of Christ easily. Now, if you were led today to give your life to Christ, we say glory to God. And we ask you to please go on our website at BibleDeliverance.org and click Receive Salvation. And I, Pastor Deb, will personally reach out to you and assist you in receiving salvation. If you would like someone to partner with you in prayer or you would like to become a member of this ministry we ask that you also go on our website click the appropriate button and someone will reach out to you concerning your prayer request or your membership request ministry virtually or in person incurs cost and if you would like to contribute and give to the cost of us spreading the gospel please also go to BibleDeliverance.org and click Give in obedience to the Word of God concerning tithes and offerings. Again, we say thank you for joining us and be blessed.
1: The road, but I know you can save me. I made some mistakes, and I am to blame.